Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. Today I'm joined by author Darren Frey. Darren, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good. We just did that, but we had to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I started every episode by asking, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, gosh, right on the spot. Oh. Um... <clears throat> It's like I wanted to say The Shining because uh, Kubrick's version of The Shining, I always loved it. But then just like a week ago, I for the first time ever finally read the novel. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm a little disgusted with Stanley Kubrick at the moment. Because <laughs> everything you cut out. And just the way it's changed. And it just, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, the I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, The Shining though. I really like The Shining. I'm a big fan of old school slashers, vampire movies. Interview with the Vampire is great. Um, that's another one that was kind of butchered compared to the novel, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, they have a tendency to do that with books. Yeah, I think Stephen King said the reason he didn't like Kubrick's movie is because the main character in the movie starts off kind of psycho and just gets more psycho. Whereas in the book, he starts off as kind of your average Joe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you could still like, like even with like in the movie, like early on, you could just see he was just agitated. You could still kind of see that though, even in the novel, like it was just more drawn out because where it was longer and they had so much more to cover, but you, you could clearly see it too, though. I mean, but it, it was, I mean, in their own right, though, in their own way, both were like, um, both were amazing. Yeah. So, for I me, mean, what, even what it was, it's like Kubrick's adaptation, you know, I mean, I even actually got through, I went through a Clockwork Orange for the first time and I loved Clockwork Orange and I watched, and I, and I did the audio book and realized the end, like the ending of the movie is not where the novel ended. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they cut off that uh, last chapter. It was weird at first, but then after thinking about it for a while, I'm like, okay, this is actually better. You know, it, this is actually better because, you know, he, I don't want to ruin it or anything, you know, for anybody that hasn't, yeah. but yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I can appreciate both versions of that too. So, yeah. I heard they're remaking that, which I really hope isn't true because I would hate a Clockwork Orange remake because anytime they remake a movie, they just do it worse. Yeah. <laughs> There are no great remakes. <laughs> I mean, there are some there are some that are pretty passable, like Evil Dead remakes they did, uh, the one in 2014 and the one this past year. Both yeah, are really good. I've still not seen the new one. I've heard mixed things about it, so I've still not seen that one yet. <laughs> I think if you like the Evil Dead movies, you'll enjoy this one. It's got some of that same cheesiness to it, but mixed in with actual like classic horror. Okay. Yeah. See, so like the the 2014, you said that when the last the last one came out, the the remake. Yeah. Yeah. See, with that one, I loved the effects in that one. I loved. I like the idea that they had a reason, more of a reason to come to the cabin than the original. You know, I like that, but at the same time, I just felt like they. I don't know. I story wise, I felt like it could have been a little better, but I I still again, I I mean, I I love the the. I love the the effects, which is originally, you know, one of the main reasons why I love the originals. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I do want to see the new one, though. I I I do want to see it. I'm just I'm waiting for the right time to see it. So I'm 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's streaming on HBO Max now or Max, whatever they want to call it. Okay. I'm going to actually get that again soon. I'm waiting until they get a few things because I'm, I'm cheap. I wait until streaming services get like a bunch of stuff I want to watch so I can have like a month's worth to just. Yeah. Here and binge. <laughs> Take advantage of that free month. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did the same thing with uh, the Twisted Metal show recently because the day all the episodes dropped, I was like, okay, Paramount Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it was uh, it was Peacock. Mm-hmm. I just got their free trial. I'm like, I can just blast right through the show one day. It was good. Nice. So um, as far as your writing goes, are you an outliner or a pantser? Um, that, okay, so... I like to kind of have a general idea, like 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 a general idea of what I want to do. But as far as filling in the blanks, the details, I suppose I am a bit of a pantser. You know, it's like kind of like a like a connect the dots sort of thing. Like I, that's how I start with, and then each kind of line is just me filling it in. So yeah, I guess maybe a little bit of both. I suppose if that's possible. Who are your influences as far as that goes? Like who informs your writing process? Um, well, as far as my writing process goes, I, I honestly don't know how to answer that one. I don't know. I mean, but as far as my storytelling process goes, I'm, I'm influenced by Anne Rice. I, when I first saw Interview with the Vampire, the movie, before I realized how different the novel was and how much more there was. You know, I, I fell in love and started, you know, reading her back when I could still read books, print, because I'm I, I'm visually impaired. Like, I have to do audiobooks mostly now because I, I can't see that good. But, uh, mm. but yeah, they're just, like, Anne Rice, like, just that world, the vampires, like, I love vampires. And well, the Lost Boys, I saw Lost Boys when I was a little kid, and that's kind of what made me think they were cool. But then Anne Rice is kind of what made me start taking them serious and kind of like in that whole genre. And, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I like Stephen King. I've been kind of getting a little more into his stuff lately. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't know, like, like I hear a lot of people say you have to read a whole lot to be a good writer. And I mean, I can see that, you know, I, I, I read a lot. I don't read, I haven't read as much fiction as I would like to, but I do a lot of research. I read a lot. Just I listen a lot too. just listen to how people talk to each other. And I try to incorporate like that into my dialogue and stuff. So just. I just I listen and I experience, you know, I've I've been through hell in my life and a lot of my writing comes from just raw introspect. So, you know, the whole write what you know, thing, I mean, that kind of to me works to an extent, but research what you don't. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always got to do the research. So uh, what about your origins as a writer? What made you want to be a writer? Of all the cool things to do on Earth, why pick a writer? <laughs> it's a hard career, yeah. man. I that I I don't know for as far back as I can remember when I was a little kid I would get like a piece of paper and a pencil and just start writing random like first it was He-Man little little He-Man fan fiction short stories fill up a page then the Ninja Turtles and then Batman and then um 
when I got a little older, my mom had won some kind of contest and she won a, an Apple Macintosh. And this was right around the time when AOL first started sending out those discs all the time. And this one couldn't, it could play the discs, but it couldn't get on the internet with them because it didn't have a modem. But uh, all I could do with it was right. So I just started coming up with stuff and just, and I don't know, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't clicking like that. I wanted to be a writer. It was more like, you know, I'm, I'm okay at this, you know, the hobby. And then people that would read it, sit down at the computer and read it would be like, Hey, you're, you know, you're pretty good at this. And it just, I don't know. I just kept, kept going and going. And then um, I thought out a novella, which basically would have been a very, very, very early version of Psychonautic, the first book in my series I'm doing now. And uh, it, I learned a lot from it, but I'll, I, I'll be the first one to tell you the story itself sucked. (laughs) But I was in a bad relationship and that was kind of hindering it, you know, kind of the the loomer like, hey, but then they're not leaving. So it just it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But because of that though, because of that relationship, it got to create help. It got to go on to give birth to this series I'm writing now, which I am totally that i'm in love with that it's my passion this this project is my passion <laughs> so the new book what can you tell us about it okay the new one's called uh, in dreams it's book two it uh it comes out on halloween and it follows the events of the first book psychonautic which is it's a it's a vampire series, but it, it's semi autobiographical because um, okay, so Psychonautic is the story of the man who he's in his late thirties and he's just at just, he, he's he he just tried to kill himself and he survived it, but he needed to just to distance himself from everything, so he moves across the country to Las Vegas and to try to start over he goes to an ayahuasca retreat and, and to try to find you know just let all to find out what, what he needs to fix himself so he finds out discovers that he should write a book about his life and you can call it meta i suppose because this all happened to me and uh and that's what i did you know i wrote a book about all the shit that happened in my life but i did it in a way where it's a vampire story but in, in the story though so my character julian frost he's right the the he's you know he he's writing this book and he's going to college and lo and behold he meets this woman named violet who becomes his everything and i, I don't know how many times i've tried to tell this story what this is about i don't know how exactly to tell this without spoiling too much but it's not your basic like vampire romance. Everybody's like, "Oh God, Twilight!" <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's it's nothing like that. It's it's real. It's dark. It's about my life, about things that I've been through, and the story itself. Julian is trying to find a way to deal with it all, to put it behind him. Like he's got it all out there. He went. He took the ayahuasca. He's got it all out there. He knows he needs to write the book. But he's he's feeling it, you know. It, it's it's torturing him internally. But then he meets Violet, who becomes a friend and listens. And so they they, you know, they start to develop a bond. And 
she pulls him into his world into her world and um you know he just he starts to find purpose meaning reason and it's it, it's um I guess it's really about I don't know I don't I, I um but yeah I mean but then but then with within dreams it's it's uh I really don't know how to tell to tell the story without spoiling it. <laughs> I know the feeling. I'll take it's the pressure off. It's, all right. it's a continuation. It's three books I'm writing though. It's like a three act story structure. But even then, though, it's, it it doesn't just stop here. It, this is this second book creates a whole expansive universe where I don't want to just stop with the third book. Like I could go on to write historical stuff from not even about vampires, but just stuff that would tie into each other. You know, so yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of advice would you give new authors from your experiences? Keep writing. Um, don't anything you write, even if it frustrates, frustrates you and you don't like it per se, don't throw it away. Keep it. Just keep working on. Keep writing. You know, nobody. There's no such thing as somebody just magically starting to write and they're just just like that. They're. I mean, everybody. It takes. It, it takes everybody practice because there's so much that goes into writing not just the writing itself not just the penmanship but the storytelling itself the way you write it and so yeah just just keep writing you know keep writing and then you'll you'll see yourself for yourself that you're improving and just never give up you know good advice so uh, where can everybody find you online do you have any social media uh yes i am on facebook it's um here it's at uh darren uh, darren fry author and um it's uh see here and you can find me on uh on youtube just just type in just type in my name darren fry i'm i think i'm pretty much the only one on there <laughs> um i i oh i'm on instagram as well uh it's like at d fry author um and I would say I'm on Twitter, but I don't think it's even called Twitter anymore. And um, <laughs> I don't even use Twitter, so don't worry about Twitter. But <laughs> um, but yeah, though, yeah. I mean, I'm ma- mainly on on Facebook, though. That's that's where you can find me mostly. I and mean, on, on Amazon as well. Yeah, you, um, Psychonautic is on there. Um, and then you can pre-order in dreams now. It will be available on um on Halloween to download and on paperback as well. In dreams coming to Halloween 2023. Sounds good, man. Yeah. I do. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you. Yeah, de- definitely. That, that was great timing, you know. Uh, just a friend told me to, you know, that uh, told me that you did podcasts. And I'm like, well, okay, I know him. And <laughs> So, I like yeah. how that works out. Yeah, synchronicity, man. <laughs> I'm getting listeners. That's good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you take care. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Thanks, you too.